Welcome back, everyone, to episode six of Losing Sight of the Shore. Today's episode will be a conversation between me and a close buddy of mine. His name's Andrew Lingao. He's back in California right now. And we will be discussing the concept of vulnerability not equaling weakness. And that that concept to me is pretty important because it directly relates to one of the three reasons that I started this podcast. And that reason would be trying to get out of your comfort zone because personal growth and development really never happens when we're stagnant and in our comfort zone for a long extended period of time. The reason I chose Andrew for this concept is because I've known Andrew since about fall 2015 when he joined the same fraternity that I was in in college. And we both struggled over the years and grew together on the vulnerability concept of everyone tried to be manly and tried to be strong. And we never really, as a organization and as a society, really never really focused on the idea that men can be vulnerable, but still be strong at the same time. And Andrew and I have both grown tremendously in that concept. And I've, I attribute a lot of my growth to the enlightenment that Andrew's had over the past few years and the conversations that we've had from the knowledge he's gained. Okay. So when, when do you think, so I said in our introduction that you and I have known each other since about fall of 2015. Um, when do you think in these past five years, because I talked about how we both have grown when it comes to vulnerability and emotional intelligence specifically, but when do you think you really took an active role in your life to focusing on your mental health, on being more vulnerable as a male in this decade, and I guess trying to become more emotionally intelligent, which isn't common sense, you know? Mm-hmm. I think I'd like to separate that in two um, streams. The first would be in terms of mental health, uh, I studied psychology throughout college. Um, and I think that's always been on the forefront of modern day psychology research is how can we keep kids, especially in college, mentally strong and resilient as they complete coursework. Um, but I think that in regards to being vulnerable and, and navigating relationships, I think that's something that I've been naturally gifted at early on. And I think that it's not something that you really are gifted, but it's more so a tactic that you learn over time to build out relationships. Um, very early on, I, did, I would always tell other people st- stories. I believe in uh, kind of a mantra where you share a little bit about yourself and you, you receive a lot, right? Because people love talking about themselves. People love relating to each other. Um, I think, you know, humanity is based on community. That's how we grew up. That's how we survived um, throughout the years. So when I'd meet someone, you know, I'd, I'd share a little bit of myself. There's always that awkward tension. Um, but I, I try to share a little bit something more vulnerable, um, maybe a story. Um, you know, maybe, you know, even just saying, oh, hey, like, I'm from Sacramento, it's hot as shit there, right? Um, and they're like, oh, well, you know, I'm not from Sacramento, but I'm from North Dakota, it's, it's cold as shit there, you know, and you're, you're sharing a little bit about yourself, it may seem meaningless, um, but you're opening up the conversation uh, for the other person to talk about themselves, um, which will help progress relationships, conversations, um, it's, it's more of a tactic of building out open-ended conversation, um, and then you can increase the level of vulnerability, right? So 
you know, oh, it's hot as shit. I hate Sacramento. Okay, well, I'm from Sacramento too. I hate it there too, right? You know, you relate on that. Yeah. But you can go deeper, right? Um, I think it really is a tactic, and I don't want to start rambling on. Um, but what do you think, Royce? I think I didn't. I definitely think that it's a struggle for both of us, especially joining an all male organization. How we how we originally met, right, in a fraternity that only had males, and I think I definitely struggled with the vulnerability piece because I originally attributed vulnerability to being weak or like not being manly, not being strong, things like that. But I think admittedly, like as simplistic of an answer as it sounds, I think once I started to actually read books and listen to podcasts and watch something as simple as like on Netflix, watching documentaries instead of just binge watching long normal series is like, I started to then soak in the knowledge to help me in personal development instead of just thinking that I'm completely fine how I am right now and I don't need to change. So I think the easy answer to that is once I recognize that I'm not where I want to be in life, both mentally, career, emotionally, things like that, is I decided to take an active role and probably probably more around my sophomore and junior year of college, which I would, I would attribute our fraternity to a lot of it, right? It's because we had conversations with other people who wanted personal development, personal growth, other people who really wanted more than just that normal stagnant lifestyle. So I think people helped open my eyes, the, the older dudes and whatnot. And then I, I just took an active role in it. I mean, you know, I think you talked um, there about leadership, right? And being in leadership positions and to get to there, you have to have, be vulnerable, um, you know, understand what, when you're at your limit, able to share that out with your team um, for the betterment of the team and therefore encourage them to share where they need help in growth um, for the overall success of the organization of the team. Um, you know, I, when I think of vulnerability, I, I more so lean towards emotional intelligence. Um, and I think understanding when to be vulnerable is really important, right? We always look at, in at least the fraternity sense in, in the all male, you know, looking at from the mask point of view, you know, vulnerability is weakness, right? And, and to its definition, it, it means presenting weakness. Um, but I think, you know, going back to using it as a topic, uh, as a tactic, sorry, um, you know, you can use it in a way that bolsters relationships, that creates success within teams, um, using emotional intelligence to reshape and reformat you know what people think of you um and how they react to you uh, and i think that's just the tactic of of being vulnerable of understanding you know when people give a speech the easiest example i have off the top of mind is when people give a speech right when you think of a ted talk or a really impactful speech people are sharing their stories you know and why are they sharing their stories right one to connect to relate to inspire but what's the medium they're sharing their stories over it's always a story about growth, usually about them being vulnerable, facing hardships, you know, and you want to relate, you want to do things, you want to be actionable because of those stories. And I think that's due to their vulnerability, their ability to get on stage and share with you a traumatic experience or a time of struggle, right? And I think that's just a very clear cut example of people using vulnerability to inspire action and to create change. I like that. Can you remember your first leadership position 
probably in college, right? Can you remember your first leadership position where you recognized that you needed to practice vulnerability or take an active role in being vulnerable for your subordinates, for your constituents, whatever, the people that you were leading, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the first time I was really broken down and, and forced to be vulnerable was at a social justice leadership camp um, for San Jose State. <laughs> um, and I say that, and, and Royce and I are, are, are laughing a little bit right now um, because, and that was my freshman year, I came on, I joined this fraternity, right? You know, you think of a fraternity, you think of guys chugging beers, you know, um, guys like <laughs> and doing all these crazy, you know, things, um, which, which there, there's some of that that goes on in, in the uh, Greek life system. Um, don't want to, to discard that thought. Um, but I think the thing that made the retreat, the leadership retreat so impactful was they had us go around and discuss, okay, you are a leader. You're an upcoming growing leader in San Jose State. That's why you were chosen for this. Uh, leadership camp you know and I had no idea what this leadership camp was going into and I just I saw leadership I wanted to be a part of that um, whether that was me wanting a title or whether that was me wanting to really learn by myself you know I signed up and I was there um, and the the third party non-affiliated San Jose um, non-affiliated from San Jose State um, uh, speaker sat us in a circle and the speaker had us go around in the circle each person had to share their most traumatic experience um, if they wanted to, right? Um, and, and, and me, you know, wanting to be a leader, wanting to participate, you know, I, I said my story. Um, you know, I, I was one of the first ones to go. So I thought, you share your story, we're gonna move on to the next person, you know, we'll bond, you know, we're, we're being vulnerable. That's how, that's how vulnerability works, right? Um, but then the presenter kept asking me why, you know, he, he, he dug and he said, okay, well, using the word we a lot, it's not we, it's, it's I, use the word I. And I started replacing all the times that I said we, and started using I, and it really dug down into my traumatic experience. And I think being able to share that in front of others and being broken down in others um, made me more secure about who I was, right? Now I can realize um, and, and accept that trauma happened. And when it comes to me being vulnerable about it, it can't be used as a weapon against me because I can own it. You know, I think that's a big yeah. part of, about being vulnerable is knowing when to be vulnerable, but also accepting your traumatic experiences that when you share it, you, it's more of a shield uh, to inspire others or as a weapon to inspire others and it is for people to hurt you, if that makes any sense, right? Yeah. So it's, you're, you're really owning what's, what you've gone through um, for the benefit of others. Interesting. I like that about using it to inspire others and kind of, it, it also kind of shields yourself too from from right. any from any possible shame. I can remember, uh, I'm, I'm going to send this episode to my buddy after because he's the one I'm talking about, but I can remember a buddy of mine in high school, Bailey, he, for whatever reason, would always say, people would look at him and there there wasn't any dialogue before that. And he would just say, yeah, I know my eyes are far apart. I get it. And it was like a very early lesson on of if we can own the, let's say, flaws, mistakes, things like that, that we think that we have, whether or not they are actual flaws, then we can kind of move on quickly. And and really help other people feel comfortable and kind of it kind of builds the trust and the the bond in the group right is if we can accept our own flaws then we can then begin to accept other people's flaws and help them begin to accept their flaws too so mm -hmm. that's a pretty mm -hmm. good point did you ever think that vulnerability detracted from our manhood i guess like 
are we on the same page where I used to think that vulnerability means you're not strong? I would agree with that to a certain extent. I think for me early on, the way I used to get girls um, was to be vulnerable, right? Um, and that seems funny. It definitely is, right? It's a weird thought to say that. Um, but I had, like I said, I'd always go up to, uh, back in high school, right? I'd go up to girls and, and tell them, you know, my story and some traumatic experiences I've gone through. Maybe not traumatic, but to, back then to me, they were traumatic. Um, and they'd be like, wow, like, he's being real with me. I'll be real with him. And that was kind of my entryway into, you know, creating conversations that would lead into other things, right? But I think, you know, going to college, right, being in a new environment, whether it's going to college or going to a new role or a new job or um, just taking a step out of your comfort zone, right? It, it's hard to be vulnerable. Um, and in college, when you join a fraternity um, and you, even if the fraternity doesn't push on these values of you need to be manly the whole time, you kind of believe that in yourself, right? It's because the stereotype, you, you're really drawn to that. So in regards to being vulnerable towards other males, that was something that I had to relearn, right? Through that leadership camp, through certain leadership positions. But I think, once again, going back to being connected with others, uh, Royce and I met in a lot of informal capacities as he was an RA or um, resident advisor in one of the dorm buildings uh, that I was staying at. Um, but one of the first meetings that we actually had a more in-depth conversation was when our fraternity um, made us do interviews, right? And what these are, are just around an hour long conversation where someone joining the fraternity or a pledge would just chat and sit down and in a really non-formal way, interviews kind of a, a really formal way to call it, but in a non-formal way, just have a conversation about life, right? Like, here's why I want to join the fraternity. Here's why I'm a good fit. Here's my values. Here's what I bring to the table. Let me learn about you as a brother um, so that when I join this fraternity, we can align on our values and, and you know, move the fraternities in a positive direction, right? So that's the whole point of the interview. Um, and I think that's where I learned a lot of vulnerability too, right? I think that when you join a new organization, you model your thoughts, actions, and behaviors to conform to that organization based on what you see in the older guys, what you see in people who have been there longer than you, who are more tenured than you. And early on in these interviews, people encourage you to be very vulnerable. They tell their story, you share your story, they share theirs. So I think from an early age, within my social cliques and social groups, I, I was lucky to have people who encouraged me to be vulnerable and to share stories, even if it wasn't formally I want to hear about your traumatic experiences. It was more of a, hey, here's who I am, you know, and that will always lead into more conversation. When you share a little, you, you can get a lot. That's, I guess, kind of my mantra, um, for, I guess, for this episode. Nice. Have you recognized in your life that there are any negatives about being vulnerable? I think the biggest negative about being vulnerable is being able to deal with your emotions and process them in a smart way. Um, usually when we, we, talk about being vulnerable in the sense of sharing really traumatic experiences um, or sharing things that make you emotional, right? Then comes in play emotional intelligence. Um, you know, you shouldn't always share everything, right? That, sh that should be a given, right? There's a time and place to share things and things definitely should be shared with people you care about and trust to build out that trust, to build out that relationship, but there's a time and place, right? So is there any negatives to being vulnerable? I think understanding yourself to control those emotions to present your emotions in a way that will empower will share will create um, action or trust and then being able to process your emotions um so you can, once again you can use your story as a shield or not even a shield but to own your story right because um, if you can share your story it so many times in a, in a negative way 
I think it'll impact you, right? You shouldn't be sharing, you know, a traumatic experience 24 seven that could lead to negative effects on your side, right? You may look really down on yourself if you, if you tell everyone that you're down on yourself. So yeah. um, there's a time and place to share. There's a way to share. Unfortunately, I don't have a formula of, of, of what to share, when to share it. Um, I think that's just something that takes time um, and takes good people around you, a good community around you to help guide that conversation. And you'll get a lot of keys back from the person you're talking to, right? They're, you'll know if instantly if they're down to listen to you for the sake of letting you speak and, and to move on and just to reply or for the sake of understanding what you're saying and then they want to add to the conversation in a meaningful way. Okay. So I have three questions from Brene Brown. Do you know who she is? I good. Know, yeah. good, good. Yeah, I, I have three questions from Brene Brown. Who It was in um, her book, Daring Greatly on forget which chapter, but it's, it's in the part where it's the three myths of vulnerability. And question one, so I'll riddle off the questions and then I think I'll ask you one of the questions at a time and ask you how you think your thought process has changed mm-hmm. on basically how you would answer this question. Let's say back when we met in 2015 to how you would answer this question now, if that makes sense. Sure. So Question one is, what do I do when I feel emotionally exposed? Question two is, how do I behave when I'm feeling very uncomfortable and uncertain? And question three is, how willing am I to take emotional risks? So question one is, again, what do I do when I feel emotionally exposed? So, I mean, go go ahead and take time to think about that answer, right? But um, how has your view of emotional intelligence and vulnerability changed in the past five years. And since you've taken an active role on your personal development, how do you, how would you now answer that differently? Right. So what do I do when I feel emotionally exposed? Personally, if I'm going to be honest, the first thing I do when I usually feel emotionally exposed um, is I respond. And that's actually the opposite of what you want to do when you feel emotionally exposed. Um, and that's just me being honest. And when I'm, when I'm with my friends and I have a few beers in, I snap back, right? But let me tell you, that's exactly the opposite of what you want to do. That's kind of human nature in what you what you do. Um, the first thing you should think of is you take a step back, you take a, take a look at yourself and say, why was this question or this, this insult or this statement made about me? How do I feel about this, right? Um, and how do I want to respond? Because that response will, be, will mean everything, right? Yeah. Um, so... But I guess taking a look from like a, a higher level, you know, how, what do I do? How do I cope with these things? Um, I, I have, going back to your last episode, Royce, on having people for different parts of your life. Um, I have, I'm fortunate to have a lot of people who I've built out relationships being vulnerable with in the past, um, who I can go to, you know, and usually if something happens to me where I feel um, uncertain or I feel exposed in some sort of way, you know, I'll, I'll deal with it in the moment, um, however I deal with it, whether it's responding and then realizing it's not the way to go or, or I, I put it off or ignore it. I'll go to my person um, and I'll say, hey, you know, this is how I'm feeling. This is the situation that unfolded. You know, this is why I'm feeling this way. What are your thoughts, right? And I think one, just sharing that out, being vulnerable with a friend about what happened and just sharing out a situation, um, you can get a, a third party perspective on it and you can process it a lot better when you can break things down. You know, why was this, were they just joking with me? Or they, was this an attack on my, you know, uh, attack my personal yeah. credibility? You know, and how can I deal with it in a way that's constructive? I'm educational, right? Like educational for the person who said it. You know, maybe it was just a joke. Okay, well, they cut that shit out. I didn't like that. Cool, we'll move on. Maybe it was attacking my credibility. You know, how can I you know, restore credibility without me looking stupid 
and responding in a way that is more so damaging than helpful. Right? Hmm. Yeah, but that, that's a pretty good answer, especially because this is not planned, by the way, but um, <laughs> that you showed vulnerability right there when on your answer of what do I do when I feel emotionally exposed? You said you respond where oftentimes we try to paint the best picture for the public, right? We try to get people to think that we look good always, we do good always, and our, our life is perfect, right? It's like the whole concept of Instagram. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you showed already that you've matured in terms of vulnerability by telling the truth, right? So you're building trust between you and I by not like caking up the answer and not just giving something that a listener would want to hear. It's sometimes it's raw like that. It's just, hey, I don't do the right thing right now. It's it, it's just accepting that. And it's once we accept our flaws, one could say, then we can build on them and try to mature from them, you know? Mm -hmm. Question two is, how do I behave when I'm feeling very uncomfortable and uncertain, which in reality is kind of related to question one. Mm -hmm. How do I behave? Um, I think it really depends on the situation, right? If, if I'm being attacked personally, if I feel like my, my credibility or my ego is being attacked, right? Once again, I'll, I'll probably respond, lash back out. Um, you know, I'm not saying throwing fists or throwing punches, dropping a flying knee, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I'll probably have a quick wit back at the person. But I think that's also because I'm, I'm currently with a friend group that I've been with for five years, as long as Royce, um, where, you know, we have that trust, we have that vulnerability. Um, so we, we do lash out and it is a little petty at times, but we have a common base understanding that we all trust each other and we have a deeper understanding that our community is strong enough to do this. Um, and it won't really damage or burn bridges by lashing back out, which is not the best response, but that's the way it is. Um, but I think more in terms of what I do when I'm really emotionally distraught and I, I can't lash out, I feel you know insecure about responding. Um, I usually internalize it, right? I usually internalize, you know, the the words, the pain, you know, whatever you want to call it. If I'm at a business meeting, right, and, and I start getting grilled on the spot for something maybe I messed up on, or um, sometimes the, the blame may get deflected to me, you know, I'll probably internalize and sit there for a while and, and be down on myself, right? Oh, hey, like, you know, why was this put on me? Why was it said to me? Um, but I think once again, having people to as an outlet, right? And I, I know everyone's not grateful enough to have a support system um, that's that's really well built out and strong. But I think this is where vulnerability comes into play, right? Um, to have people to be there for you, you have to share a lot to receive a lot, right? You share a little bit, you get a lot. So start building out those relationships by just checking in with people, right? If you want people to be there for you, you have to be there for them. So check in with people. We're in the middle of a, a worldwide pandemic, right? People are not you know, in the best state of mind, being at home 24-7, you know, send a, shoot someone a text, be like, hey, Royce, um, haven't heard from you in a while. Hope you're doing well. That will spark up some conversation, you know. Um, everyone has time right now, so make the most out of that. And then when, you know, one day if shit does hit the fan, you have someone to rely on, you know. Maybe he won't, you know, drive halfway across the world to be there for you, but he'll have, you'll have a shoulder to listen to, or a shoulder to lean on, you know. And I think having that network of people to listen to you and go to, like Royce talked about in the last episode, um, for people to go to for different reasons is the biggest benefit of vulnerability and emotional intelligence you can have. I agree. Nice. All right. Question three, how willing am I to take emotional risks? And do you think you've matured over the past five years, we'll say, or, or longer in your life, but have you matured and how willing you are to take emotional risks? I think I've stayed the same. You know, in five years, you'll grow a lot. 
you know, that, that's without question whether or not, you know, and I, I think the reason why I say that is because I, I was a freshman in college, you know, went through four years of that. Um, and it's not just college that'll make you grow. It's just life experiences, right? You're going to go through things that, that break you down, things that will build you up and everything in the middle. So did I grow? And undoubtedly, for sure. But have I, have I grown to this point? And do I, do I think that I'm continuing to grow right now? No. And I think the reason for that is I think that growth is you have to put yourself in a situation if you want to grow in, in certain situations where you want to grow. Right. And I think in college, there's a lot of more opportunities to take on leadership positions, to be in uncomfortable situations where you're forced to grow, you're forced to react to certain ways, certain things. And I think um, right now I'm, I'm entering a new role at, at a tech company. So I, I have some room for growth there, but my surroundings, the people I surround myself with. I'm I'm not with a lot of high growth people right now in terms of what I was in college. You know, when you're in college, you're surrounded by X amount more people on a day-to-day basis, forcing you to adapt, grow, understand, relate. Um, and when you start to take a step back, whether you're you're in a job and you leave that job and you're just gonna be around less people. Um, and that gives you less perspective over time. Um, and it forces you to have to um, strategically put yourself in situations where that forces you to grow again, to be uncomfortable, to choose to be uncomfortable rather than being in that organically because you're surrounded by so many different thoughts, opinions, and types of people. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's something I want to lean towards as this pandemic starts to, to settle. And you can definitely do it, you know, just once again, via Zoom, right? Talking to people via Zoom. But um, the more people you put yourself around, I think the more per, more perspectives you have and you're able to push yourself a little bit further into being vulnerable, into being emotionally intelligent, into self, um, you know, self-improvement. Um, so right now, I think I definitely am a little stagnant. Um, but I, once again, I think I do have a good enough support system. I think I have a great support system um, to continue to push me down the right path. So it'll be nice. fun there. What about you, Royce? Thanks for sharing that. That's also being vulnerable. Um, before I forget this question. So I like what you said about we're kind of forced to grow as long as we take the opportunities that are in front of us in college, right? Um, as I'm sure you're aware of, there's plenty of opportunities now in normal adult life outside of the university that we were in. How do you think, um, and this, this is really unrelated to vulnerability and emotional intelligence, but how do you think we can try to sustain long-term personal growth through mm-hmm. through things like that. So like what, what would be the technique you will attempt to use over the entirety of your life now that you're out of college to sustain personal growth and in an attempt to not be stagnant forever, you know? Yeah. Well, I think the biggest, to, the best way to continue growth is reading. And I, I'm sure a lot of people have said this, but you know, there are books on anything and everything. You know, and, and I think books are one of the best ways to learn things. You're you're sit you're forced to sit down and hold a paper or I mean I guess now a tablet or a phone and and, and devote all of your attention to one topic at a time. Um, I'm a big proponent of learning via YouTube and via um, other tutorial sites. Um, but I think that the problem with that is you get stuck down on a rabbit hole, right? Like I probably listen to different finance investment YouTube. Uh, platforms all the time but i'll find myself you know and while i'm still i'm no expert by any means i'm, I'm just starting off but uh, a problem i have is i'll start on say a you know okay how does a retirement savings account work just on a basic level right and i'll understand that and then i'll go watch the next video but next thing you know i'm watching a video on cats 
<laughs> right? Like, like what the fuck, right? So I think there's you get down the rabbit hole um, on YouTube after a while, and I think there's something about having a book and, and understanding that you're devoting your time to sitting down and reading words off a screen or off a piece of paper on one topic for an X amount of time, where that's, that's where your brain focus is going to. There's no ads, there's no videos on the sidebar, there's no comments to distract you from the content. That is probably the best way to go in terms of learning something. There are also probably a million other free resources like Coursera. Uh, I know a bunch of, there's free courses online yeah. right now. Um, Udemy, yeah. Um, that have free courses on everything, anything. I'm sure those are great too. But for me, that just does not work because once I'm on the internet, I'm on the internet. I need to sit down and hold a physical book and not be distracted because my attention span is that of a rat. Because, and I, I, I you know, I, I don't want to blame social media or blame internet. It definitely does have a big cause of us, you know, like TikToks and six second videos of, for entertainment. But that's just the way my brain works right now. And I need to be able to read and, and it needs to be formatted in a compelling story. Um, one of my favorite books, self-development books is the five dysfunctions of a team um, where the first part of the book is a parable of leadership and then they break down the parable at the end of the book right so there's compelling format um, and then the lessons another book um, that i recommend is uh, i think jocko Wilnick. i don't know if i pronounced that right, right. Yep. Um, extreme ownership mm -hmm. it's a really good leadership book where he breaks it down into the story mode of how he um, have had his principles of leadership within the military in combat missions per se um and then also within business and then personal life leadership lessons so having these stories usually presented in a compelling way um can usually be found better in books than short-term entertainment because your attention span is going to want to switch way too fast when you're on youtube all right everyone i'll leave you all with three takeaways the first one is vulnerability builds trust and human connection second one is that vulnerability does not equal weakness and the third one is be honest with yourself and the human beings you're trying to connect with. Vulnerability requires honesty, right? So it it's kind of a requirement to be able to build a fulfilling relationship that you have with someone, whether that's a loving relationship or whether it's just friends, family, uh, coworkers, things like that, right? So be vulnerable, but you have to be honest to be vulnerable, not only with yourself, but also the people you're connecting with, because... If you're not honest, you're not being genuine, right? So thank you all for listening to episode six of Losing Sight of the Shore. I appreciate I appreciate you all taking time out of your day and listening to this episode and any episode prior. And like I've said before, if if you took any value nuggets from this, one, two pieces of value from this episode is send this episode to that one person that you think could also extract some value from it. That's all I'm asking for. One person and try to share that nugget that you received with them. The quote I'll leave you all with today is, to share your weakness is to make yourself vulnerable. To make yourself vulnerable is to show your strength. By Chris Jammy. Thank you all for listening, and I'll see you on Friday.